we we're both very entrepreneurial. We always are like spitballing ideas and like, you know, Oh, it'd be so great to do this. Or we're just like, we just are like big, or maybe I'm like a big ideas person in camps. Like, a, okay, this is how we can make that happen. Nice, nice. More practical, but like, you know, really, that's really good. We need that. Um, and then, yeah, we were kind of just talking about what we wanted for our family and how we could make the life that we want for our kids. And, you know, we kind of came back to this treehouse concept. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Lauren and Cam Green, the founders of the Fort Treehouse Company, Canada's premier luxury treehouse company. Cam and Lauren met at summer camp, they were a part of the same group for more than 15 years before they started dating, but once they did, it was clear that they were the perfect match. Both Lauren and Cam are quite entrepreneurial. Lauren tends to have the big ideas, and Cam is incredible at finding ways to bring them to life. While working on staff at the summer camp that he and Lauren met at, Cam discovered a sustainable treehouse design and build program in Vermont. And it was this moment where Cam first realized that what he really wanted to do was build beautiful homes in the trees. Tune in to hear the remarkable story of how Cam and Lauren brought their first treehouse to life and what the couple has planned next for the Fort Treehouse. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Cam and Lauren. All right, Lauren and Cam, we are, we're live. How are you both doing today? Great. Yeah, doing well. Thanks, Zach. Looking uh, forward to this. Yeah, yeah, I am too. I am so excited we made it happen. There's lots of, you know, back and forth and um, schedules are just crazy this time of year. So thank you both for making time out of your busy life to to chat with me. No Pleasure. problem. Well, I want to I wanna kick us off um, by actually hearing the story behind your all's very first stay in an Airbnb. And it could be your in, stay independently, uh, or if it was the first place that you all traveled to, uh, you stayed in together, that would be a great story. But what's the, what's the story behind your very first adventure with Airbnb? And where'd you go? What was the place like? And, and what was like the experience like? Um, actually it was together and it was our honeymoon and, uh, we went to Cape town. Oh, cool. So yeah, that was kind of, I mean, I should admit I did stay in one other Airbnb beforehand for a friend's wedding, but it was with like a bunch of people and it was in Toronto. It wasn't like, it didn't feel like what Airbnb has felt like to me. So I'm going to start with our Cape town experience. <laughs> um, we flew into Cape Town and the first place that we stayed in was a shared um, accommodation. So we stayed in a room. It was kind of like a little cabin off to the side of this couple's home. Okay. Right in this like epically gorgeous neighborhood. And I think what made that place so special was just, so this couple, they were like, you know, 60 plus, like they were certainly older, um, but they were so interesting huh. and so willing to 
hang out with us and tell us like all about their life in Cape Town and sort of where they came from and what it's like to be there and all of the local um, great local suggestions and just, you know, where to eat, where to go. We, we were only in Cape Town for a couple of days before we then flew somewhere else for a safari and then came back. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I remember. Like we just, yeah. it was so fun. It was. And it was interesting because I think, you know, we arrived and it was just as you'd expect the hosts are always trying to figure out whether the guests would like to have any interaction with them <laughs> yeah. or not. Okay. So it's kind of like, okay, so here's the place. We'll leave you guys to your thing. You know, if you need anything, let us know. And, you know, and through conversation, they found it was our honeymoon and, and we hadn't told them that ahead of time. So they said, Oh, well, we normally leave a bottle of champagne if it's someone's honeymoon or something like that. So the next morning we woke up and, and sure enough there, one of the hosts had a, a bottle of uh, like a sparkling rosé for us or something. And we said, well, do you want to join us? And we ended up having a drink. And that night we ended up, they had a, on the, on the other side of their home, they had a bar, like a full, full on bar. So it's wow. the two of them in the house, but they're like, want to join us at the bar? So, <laughs> you know, they're mixing up drinks, bars and stuff. Like, this is incredible. So, and it's also on like a cliff over the ocean. That's right. oh, like, yeah. yeah, so Jeez. just gorgeous. So wow. we had our sun Yeah, watching the sun go down and having some cocktails. And so it was, a, for me, a really great first Airbnb experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. My um, So my wife and I lived on Airbnb for about 15 months and we stayed in like 60 some odd different Airbnbs along the way. And um, our, our favorite Airbnb to date, the people that have been listening for a while are probably sick of hearing this, but like, <laughs> is this really cool place uh, in Booth Bay Harbor, Maine? And the what made this the the place so incredible was actually the host. Like they were so like yeah. we we've actually like gone to their house for dinner. Like they we've had you wow. know drinks by the fire together. It's just we this past we we've been there three years uh, in a row now. This past year we actually took them out to dinner. Like we've become really good friends, and it's just so cool to see how Airbnb can be this like really cool catalyst for like friendship um, with people that you otherwise like would never like you know, have, have relationship with like, uh, so it's just, it's very, very, very cool. Um, and Cape town. Wow. What a cool, like different choice for your honeymoon. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we love to travel. And so we were just like, you know, this is going to be, Oh, and we love to travel and well, I love to plan trips. Okay. So, you know, we like to travel together, but I love actually starting months in advance and planning these like epic adventures. So when we're like, let's go on vacation, Cam's like, cool, let's go on vacation. It always snowballs into like (laughs) something way larger than it needs to be, but it always is worth it. Wow. Did both of you grow up in Toronto, in the Toronto area? In the Toronto area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in Mississauga. Mississauga. Okay. And I I was in Burlington. So it's the GTA, greater Toronto area. You know what? GTA, that is a new acronym that I just learned, but I like it. That's <laughs> awesome. Common um, around these parts. Yeah. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Uh, I, I always like to learn a little bit more about like what people's, you know, childhood was like, where, you know, what's the, what is the story behind folks who are creating and doing just really cool things in and around the the hospitality space. Um, and I, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you guys were like as kids growing up. Uh, so we'll, let's start with you, Cam. Like what? What held your attention as a kid? Like where, where did you put your energy? Well, I think I I was really into sports when I was younger, baseball in particular, um, and, uh, skateboarding, uh, was something I loved. So I spent most of my time, you know, evenings after school until the, until the streetlights came on, I'd be out skateboarding with uh, my next door neighbor or best friend. So we'd play street hockey, skateboard, basketball, you know, running bases, whatever. We're outside all the time. And um, we had a nearby forest, and, and I think 
you know, part of what we might get into later is I, I love building from, from a young age. Mm. And so we had kind of a little play structure in our yard we'd work on and build and we built forts in the forest. And so always really big into uh, doing things with my hands, working with my hands um, and, and, and being in the outdoors. We had a cottage about three hours north of Toronto. And that was my favorite place growing up. And uh, I mean, we live in, in the vicinity now. So clearly we liked it enough that, uh, that I'm, I'm living there now, but it just being outdoors exploring was kind of always a big part of my life. And I think influenced where I am today for sure. One of the questions I get asked a lot from listeners is what they should look for in a PMS or a property management system. Now, we're lucky. There are a lot of great options in the market, which can't be said for software platforms in all industries. That said, I always encourage them to take a good look at Guesty for hosts. And here's why. First of all, Guesty's channel manager helps you centralize data across the major booking platforms and stay on top of all of the activity on your listings without having to hop back and forth between channels such as Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. Second, Guesty's automation tools enable you to ensure you connect with guests in a meaningful, creative, and instant fashion. You can make custom messages for a variety of situations, from a response to an initial inquiry to a post-checkout follow-up encouraging your guests to leave a review. Third, Guesty for Hosts includes a website builder feature that allows you to create your own branded booking website in just minutes, allowing you to grow your listing's brand value and increase your direct bookings. And finally, Guesty has raised over $170 million, which means that they've got some serious cash to continue to seriously invest in their product. So here's the deal. If you're an STR host without a PMS system or a host looking to explore a new one, I've got a treat for you. The team at Guesty is giving Behind the Stays listeners and Sponstaneous subscribers 20% off their first year when they use the discount code Sponstaneous at checkout. That's S-P-O-N, S-T-A-Y-N-E-O-U-S, spontaneous at checkout. You can get started with a 14-day free trial today. No credit card, setup fee, or commitment required, and you can cancel any time if you don't love it. Once your 14-day free trial is up, use the discount code spontaneous for 20% off your first year. Guesty for hosts. It's the bestie of top-rated STR superhosts. Would you have considered yourself like pretty like crafty like were you good at like if something broke right were you were you one of those kids that was like oh i i bet i could fix that like like yeah, okay. yeah definitely <laughs> yeah i was really i used to so what i had a lot of sort of little entrepreneurial side businesses as a as a as a young kid one of them was um making like building bikes um uh, so we just out of different parts and stuff that I could find or wow. old bikes and take parts off of them. And then I put them together, make a new bike and, and, and sell it. And Jeez. I spent years and years, uh, collecting the parts for my own bike. Um, and, and, you know, this is like a road kind of stunt bike. Uh, I never got any good at it. I think I spent all my energy building the bikes, never <laughs> actually rode them. Um, but I really enjoyed stuff like that, putting things together, especially taking old components, making them new. Mm. And so that was always a big part of what I did, but, uh, I, I probably spent two years building my own bike and I was so proud of it. And I rode it for the first time to my, my girlfriend's house and went inside and then hours later came out and it had been stolen. <laughs> so that was the first and last ride on my bike that I spent two years building. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. That is uh that is very, very cool. I don't know that I've met anyone 
that like builds or refurbishes bikes. So that's that's awesome. Wow, what a cool what a cool hobby. Like I'm always jealous that like I was not like I feel like, you know, my my parent we never had a lot of money growing up or whatever so we always just bought like you know a bunch of cheap stuff and it would always break and then it was like it would break in a way where like you couldn't fix it you know it was like it was just plastic right. and it, you just had to like throw it away it was like impossible and i i was never i was never uh uh you know handier at, at all so still i'm still not to this to this day to the dismay of my wife but um <laughs> but i've always admired people like you uh wh what about what about you lauren what uh, where did you like put your energy as a kid when you were growing up I, you know what, I was also really into sports. Like I loved, um, sort of, I was really into figure skating and then, wow. you know, it was a huge downhill skier that kind of, I kind of left skating, although, you know, so what held my attention outside of actually doing the sports was imagining that I was an Olympian in that <laughs> sport. And so I used to just like hang out by myself and, you know, for figure skating, I would rollerblade in my basement and like make up like full routines to like whatever music I wanted. And, you know, I used to kind of just imagine big dreams, like, and I still do it. I still have these like big epic, like ideas for things. And, you know, I used to like corral all my stuffed animals and basically like boss them around, <laughs> you know, like set them up in my bedroom in a way that I was kind of like leading them through something. I can't really remember like what conversations I was having with them, but I was certainly like getting through some stuff with them, you know, and I did the same thing with my brothers. I would kind of bring them in. They're younger than me. And, you know, we'd like do their Lego, but also it was like my Barbie's house. They like, we'd use their Lego for my Barbies and it would be like, okay, you're doing this role. You're doing this role. And all together, this is what we do. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, like big, big sports fan had fun with that, had like lots of friends. Um, yeah. Really just kind of enjoyed playing. Wow. And, yeah. And, and how, how did you guys meet? Uh, we met at summer camp at summer camp it was okay. one of my other things that really held my attention as a kid, you know, camp became like a lifeline for me and, uh, made a ton of friends there. We met later on, like we both went there as kids, okay. um, but Cam's a couple years older. So we didn't meet until we were both on staff. Very, very we cool. Worked there together for many years, but we were just friends for a really long time. We, we didn't start dating till probably like 15 years after we met. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So lots of shared interests. Um, and, yeah. and now you guys have this, this venture that you've started together. Um, and I'm really, really excited to, to dive in. I, I, I was remembering, I was trying to remember exactly how I had first found out about you guys. And I discovered you guys on Instagram because you have just an incredible following and just very, very beautiful, uh, photos. So I want to hear the origin story of the Fort Treehouse company, where the idea came from, how it's evolved to, to kind of where it's at today. And, and then really, I also want to understand like how you both work together because, I, you know, my, my wife and I have this side hustle that we started called Spontaneous and this pot, this podcast is associated with it. Um, and, and working with your partner is like, it's not always easy. Um, in fact, it, it can be really, really difficult and really frustrating. Yeah. Right. And you, yeah. it's always like, you, you want to separate like the work drama from like your personal like life, but it's just freaking hard because it's the same person. Right. So yeah. I, I always love talking with couples who have gone into business together. Um, so selfishly, I'm also just, you know, this is like therapy for me. I'm excited yeah, to hear a little bit more about yeah. how you guys, how you guys do this. So yeah, tell us a story about, uh, the Fort Treehouse company. Um, 
Okay. Well, do you want to start with sort of where? Yeah, I, I guess it kind of, it goes back to my, my time in my childhood, really. in that time at that cottage nearby at camp and those, you know, getting into the woods, building forts. And well, we, we, in our, our cottage that we had, we'd go and there was a, a burn pile and it had all kinds of stuff that people would take that, that was burned, you know, old wooden boats and things like that. And uh, my friends and I would take stuff out of there and we'd build forts, tree forts, all kinds of stuff with whatever we could find. Um, and uh, we, at, at a point we made what we thought was a really good, like a half shell boat, cool fort and everything was so big. We couldn't take it very far from the burn pile. And sure enough, the fire marshal caught onto that pretty quickly. <laughs> and so kind of put, an, put an end to, to at least getting materials from the burn pile, but it didn't stop our, our joy and interest in, in building cool forts and treehouses in the woods. So that's where early on, I think um, we had that interest and that carried on forever. I mean, everybody, I, I think as a child probably loved and, and can, can think of times. Where well, we- you had that interest. I didn't have that. Sure. I had that interest. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. fair enough. I did. But I, I mean, I like to think that like, who doesn't like tree forts when yeah. it comes down? True. Yeah, you true. Didn't have that experience as a kid. Um, so I, um, it was years and years later. I mean, I'd always kind of thought this is a, a, a cool thing. It, it hadn't really ever registered as a business idea until, you know, I was much older. I was working at the camp and I actually came across a school in Vermont called Yestermore. It's a sustainable build and design school. And they had a sustainable uh, treehouse design and build program. Huh. I said, There's a treehouse school. This is incredible. That's so, yeah. um, so I went to that and learn more about this uh, specialized hardware. And the cool thing about this that kind of helped me to get to where we are now was it really made me understand that there are ways to build in trees uh, and, and build sizable structures, um, you know, with a certain level of engineering so that they can continue to stay there for as long as any other home. And that's maybe was what was kind of like a light bulb moment for me. It's like, wait, so you could have like a home built in the trees. That's, wow. that's pretty cool. So that was 2014 and did the course, learn that stuff, continued just to research and look into different things. Um, by that point, we were living up here where we are now. And so have a, a property with lots of different trees. So I actually at the course designed a tree house based on one of the trees that we had. And so kind of kept on thinking through how we could build this thing. And, and it wasn't until probably a little later that we started to really, or I guess I started to really think, you know, maybe I could do this as a business, build tree wow. houses for people. Um, and, and I think Lauren and, and others around me were kind of like, so you're going to build tree houses? And I think everybody's mind first goes to a, a kid's tree house, which yeah. I think is also a viable business, um, especially, you know, after COVID, everybody's staying home to, for, for kids to have a tree house in the backyard. I think people will be pumped about it. But we, we kind of took it to the next level. We said, well, we need to, we need to build a proof of concept. I'm skipping forward a bit. Lauren will fill in the, the nitty gritty of how we actually got to this point. But, um, you know, we need to build a, a prototype to show people what you can actually do. Because yeah. no matter who you spoke with, they didn't really grasp the, the, kind of how far we were hoping to go with this. So that's where we, we um, did what we could to find uh, grants and, and different ways to, to get kind of investment and, and, and loans so that we could build something on our own property. And, and that's really how we got to the Airbnb point. We had to pay for it. So we're like, well, now we've, we've built it and that's what we want to use to build this business. But 
you know, let's rent it to, to make some income so that we can pay for this. And that the success was actually surprising to us and, and, and has kind of taken that next leg where now we see that as a, as a, an offshoot of the business as well as the whole rental side. Wow. Wow. So. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. You growing up love to fiddle with things, build things, <laughs> like being outside. Together, yeah. And it's like it's like you know, if someone had like put a mic, you know, if if we were doing this interview when you were ten years old, and we said, "Cam, what did you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up?" You might have said, "Like, I want to build tree houses." And like, you are now. Like you're like the, like it's so crazy to think that like like it's. I feel like it's so rare that you, you what you what you really held your attention as a as a kid, you get to actually do and and you know make money from and and have a business from like as an adult, and it's super rad that um yeah that you that you get to do that and and do it and do it like in a really cool different way right so like you know you didn't just figure out all right like let's watch a couple youtube videos and figure out how to build something in in, you know the backyard and in our trees like you you went to school you you thought very hard about like what does it mean to design sustainable structures in the trees um which is just that's so badass dude i i love it oh this is so cool <laughs> I appreciate um, it, so lauren lauren <laughs> fill in the gaps like uh, at what point so yes. i have to imagine like if if you know my my wife gabby came to me and or if i came to her and was like hey i'm gonna build tree houses she she first of all we live in washington dc so i don't know that that's that viable but like she probably would have thought i was kind of crazy um so so how, how did uh how did that conversation go and at what point did you realize well like there's like a really cool opportunity here. Yeah. So I don't think I ever thought it was crazy. Um, but around when Cam went to the course and then he came back and was so excited and he had this cool drawing, I actually thought it was really cool. Yeah. I just didn't quite understand what, how you could turn it into a business. And Mm. I'm not even sure we were really thinking of it as a business at that point, you know, like there was a little bit of conversation about like, Oh, we could build this. And we did talk about, Oh, maybe we could rent this or, but it was very loose. Okay. Yeah. That was Um, probably like, how how are we going to find the money to build this awesome tree house on our property? For us. And you probably said, after we finish renovating the house, we can think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I think there was just probably other, I, I didn't quite connect the dots when it came to like turning that into a business. Yeah. And then in 2018, we had our first child and, you know, we, we, we're both very entrepreneurial. We always are like spitballing ideas and like, you know, Oh, it'd be so great to do this. So we're just like, we just are like big, or maybe I'm like a big ideas person in camps. Like, a, okay, this is how we can make that happen. Nice, nice. More practical, but like, you know, really, that's really good. We need that. 
Um, and then, yeah, we were kind of just talking about what we wanted for our family and how we could make the life that we want for our kids. And, you know, we kind of came back to this treehouse concept and I, I was like, wait a second, we could actually build really beautiful tree homes, you know, mm. like really thoughtfully designed. Like, and I'm a big, like, I love design and I love the experience of being in like really beautiful spaces. And so that's where it kind of clicked for me. And I said, okay, well, could you build something like this? And Cam was like, yeah. <laughs> and so well, we, I'm sure I could figure it out. Yeah. And so <laughs> oh, it must've been pretty high. So we started designing. Yeah. Cam was already kind of working on the design that with what is the Baltic today. Okay. Um, and then we kind of completed that together and we had a couple opportunities come our way around that time, which sort of sped up the process a little bit. Someone we knew heard about what we were doing. It was kind of, offering us an opportunity. It didn't end up working out the opportunity with them, but it was a good kickstart for us because we basically like raced to create a business plan. Wow. And, um, we were really excited about the opportunity to start something big. Um, and it didn't work out and that's fine. We were able to kind of step back and be like, okay, well, we're not going to start there. We're actually going to start here. Let us design and build our first prototype and then we can talk about working together with other people in the future. Um, so, yeah, so we basically had this business plan. We had a design. We got uh, an architect. We went to the World Treehouse uh, Conference. What? That, that exists? Yeah, you're right. yeah, it's if you can believe it, there's all kinds of treehouse stuff. So there's, a there's a World Treehouse conference. conference. Yeah, and it's in Oregon. It's in um, Bend, Oregon. No, it's not in Bend. Like Bend, it, you like Bend? No, it's in Southern Oregon. Yeah, Southern that's Oregon. right. Okay. Uh, like and, right, right, right around the California border. I forget what it's called, but yeah, there's a place called Manzanita. Is it no, not Manzanita. No, that's more. But jeez, uh, why can't I remember the name of it? Right yeah, now? it doesn't matter. Somewhere in Southern yeah. Oregon, some cool place in Southern Oregon. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yes. and uh, and at any rate, so I went and was really surprised to find there was people from um, uh, Brazil, Japan. Uh, I mean, the states. There were I couldn't believe the number of treehouse builders that that there are in the states. Um, and and I was the only one one from Canada, which is really surprising because believe it or not, we do have quite a number of trees. Yeah, that um, is surprising. Yeah. So, so anyways, we met some very, very cool people, heard about some cool projects and um, was just so amazed at how in this small little niche community of treehouse builders, everyone is so willing to share their successes, failures, how they're doing, what they're doing. And so that, that was really a neat thing. And it was, we only got to go once because then COVID hit and they just did just have one recently, but we didn't go this time around. But um, anyways, without taking uh, over what, what Lauren was trying to say, there is a World Trios Conference. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the conference um, and then, of course, back to my uh, epic travel plans, Cam was like, I found this conference and I think I should go. And I was like, well, I want to come. Um, and <laughs> let's like plan a little vacation around it. Yeah. So we decided to do a road trip from L.A. to or uh, to Portland. Okay. Um, so we, you know, we made it like a research and development trip though, too, because we knew we were going to build this tree house. We had our plans, things were underway. This was going to be, and, and it was, it was amazing. Like these weren't our first Airbnbs, but all of a sudden we're staying in these like Airbnbs that we picked, handpicked. And some of them were just like, so 
awesome. And so many things we learned from these places we've adopted here in our treehouse, and mm. people are constantly complimenting us on like the whole experience of like being in there and how special it is. And, you know, you can like people like Airbnbs are so awesome for that. Like yeah. people yeah. are so creative and it doesn't even have to be anything like totally outlandish, you know, like it's just little tiny things that you might not consider in your daily life that make someone's whole experience when they're staying at your house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, I just, I can't help myself, but yeah, Susie, who's the hostess <laughs> of the Airbnb I was mentioning earlier, she would leave like little, so she had like a lavender like garden and she would leave like a little like pouch of like lavender, just like, like on the dresser or the bed or whatever. And like, yeah. to your point, just such a small thing. And now it's like every year, like we, can't wait to get like the little lavender pouch and it's so like it's so <laughs> tiny and small that. right but it's like yeah. yeah it's just it's a cool way to build the experience build your brand etc um speaking yeah. of of building um brands you all have done like an incredible job with with your marketing um and you know your instagram account alone has like thirty five thousand followers so i i want to hear like it's one thing to be you know uh a cool like it's one thing to have a vision it's one thing to be a good designer it's one thing to figure out how to build a freaking structure in the trees it's another thing to figure out how to communicate all of this like in well in a way that people like respect and and, and admire and like want to participate in even if it's just through their screen right so mm -hmm. how did you all think about marketing and um how how, d how did you kind of grow your grow your following yeah. So um, communication's never been my forte. So that's all Lauren has, has done that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it started before we even started building our treehouse. Okay. Um, I have a good family friend who has he was in that like content marketing space and I've been following him for a while and just saw, you know, this guy's creating really beautiful videography and photography. And so he's actually a really good friend of my brother. So we, we hung out with him at one point and I just started talking to him a little bit about what we were doing. And, you know, he was so willing to like share his two cents. And then we were like, okay, well maybe we should, you know, hire you to help us shoot some content huh. once we get building. And he was like, yeah, but you know, you should actually start now. And I was like, Oh, but we have, why would we start now? We have nothing. There's, there's no treehouse built. And he's like, yeah, but your treehouse is not going to need to sell itself. Basically you need to start building your brand. And I was like, but what's our brand? He's like, you, you guys are your brand. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're not our brand. That doesn't feel right. That does. This makes me feel a little bit weird. I didn't really understand what that meant. And once we actually got into it and realized that we're not selling anything, we're just getting to be ourselves and put like, put our, you know, sort of passions out into the world. Um, and so, yeah, of course they shot really beautiful footage of us sort of like right at the start before we even started building and then all the way through the build process. Um, so they provided us with really good content and then we just started putting it out there on Instagram. You wow. know, Instagram wasn't what it is today when we started. It didn't have the whole algorithm. And so I think people just caught on to what we were seeing or what we were posting and uh, they were excited about it. We, yeah. you know, and then we went, you know, we started the build and then halfway through the build COVID hit. And so all these people are locked down and they're just like, oh my God, I can't wait to get out into nature. Like, when are you going to open you know, this is where I want to be people. I don't know what really, what the secret was there, but it did 
kind of take off. And yeah. I'm happy to say that we've done it like fairly organically. Um, you know, it's ebbed and flowed and I've ebbed and flowed with it. Um, I've, I, I had a tough time with the way that things went on Instagram and in sort of through the summer months. And then recently I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to like jump back in and have some fun with it. And it's going really well again. So yeah, just kind of uh, taking it day by day. And now as we're growing, we're actually, you know, investing more into like marketing into our company and yeah. what, you know, we haven't made a decision yet, but we're right on the cusp of, okay, what's next for us? How are we going to kind of like bring the brand up even a little bit higher yeah. in this online space? And yeah, so yeah. we're Exciting. really just kind of taking yeah. it and... I, I like this stuff. I have a background in photography. And so that was something I was always interested in. Mm. The marketing stuff is hard. The The selling of stuff is hard. So we try not to really do that so much, but yeah, the interacting with people who are genuinely excited about what we're doing is so awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's remarkable that like you, you both, kind of not not that you fell into this but like you you it, it seems like it was like it, it seems like it was it genuine right like each step is like oh well hmm maybe there's a partnership here let's put together a business plan let's figure this out oh mm -hmm. that falls through huh instagram yeah i think we, we need some good photos oh hey cousin brother's sister's friend like <laughs> yeah. I, what do you yeah. think right like and like it, yeah. it seems like I, I feel like that's just a, a telltale sign of like Hey, this is this is exactly where you're supposed to be. This is this is what you're supposed to be doing. When it's not that it's easy, but things things kind of like fall into place. Like you, you're not yeah. you don't have to like force things into place. And I feel like that's like a good indication that like the path that you're charting is is the right one. Yeah, and yeah. Like whenever things feel really hard, we always kind of have to remind ourselves that because whenever something feels like impossible or we're never going to get over that, like what, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to deal with this issue? Mm. We always have to kind of like chill ourselves out by being like, we've gotten this far, you know, we've gotten this yeah. far and we're still going. So and it, ha it has been so organic and natural the way things have worked out. And I mean, we, we did a lot of this on, on a whim and Norm mentioned earlier, she's the, you know, the big idea person. I'm more practical. I like things to be laid out. I like to be certain that something is going to be able to happen the way it should. And with this, we didn't do that. We, you know, we wouldn't have made it through and had the success without Lauren saying the money will come. Oh, we'll just do it. <laughs> Let's go ahead. And, you know, I mean, to her point where I remember uh, I was out staining the, the big glue lamb beams that support the treehouse, and, and just thinking, I'm like, okay, we're out of money. Like we're, you know, we spent all this money to get to this point. We have, we kind of maxed out our credit cards. So we have no credit, no, you know, everything's gone. What do we do? And sure enough, I get a phone call. I'm having all these worries and it's like Scotia bank who I've never banked with. And they say, we'd like to offer you uh, a line of credit. Um, you know, it's yeah. like, I was like unsecured, like low interest rate. I was like, are you interested? Like, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> we really, we really so. piecemealed together like the money to build the first one. That's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, you this is this is the classic entrepreneur story, right? Like yeah, it's like yeah. you're hustling, you don't know where your you you know, your ne next meal is going to come from. You don't know like you're like 
figuring out like am I going to be able to pay the credit card this month or you might have to like you know take take on some interest like this is this is this is all good stuff this is this is what yeah. makes the story so fun like five <laughs> ten years from now when you guys are like you know billionaires and you've figured it all out um yeah. <laughs> but, Cam, Cam is the king of moving like all of our money around to make sure like the highest interest stuff has is paid <laughs> off and the lowest interest stuff is then carrying the debt so oh that's good yeah yeah, yeah. talk about a whole nother skill set that like they don't teach you that you need when you're building the company yeah, i like that, that is not I, those are not my skills <laughs> um so I, I do want to talk about the baltic which is your all's first concept um so it can like maybe talk to us a little bit about like how how does one build like a sustainable structure in the trees that can last forever like talk yeah, talk no, to us about that and then yeah and may, whatever you can share with us i know it's a little probably a little hard for us simpletons to understand but like um <laughs> yeah. explaining how, how how like the baltic is like how how it functions how it's how it's put together how it's supported sure, how it's supported yeah, and and I'll just I'll preface that with just cut me off whenever I because I can I can really talk about this stuff for probably longer than it's necessary. So cut no, me I'm off. No, I'm curious. I'm curious. So um, I mean, in this particular treehouse, and this is something that that we like to talk to people about. We we have our, our property with you know a set number of trees. We wanted to build this structure, a, a large structure. And there are kind of two ways to build a treehouse. You build to the trees you have, or you use the trees you have to partially support or support a structure. Okay. In our case, we had two good sized maples, one red maple, one sugar maple. And, um, and, and the two trees on their own weren't enough to support the size of structure we wanted to build. So I should also say that where we are in, in kind of, you know, Eastern central Canada, hardwoods like, like maples are the ideal trees for us to be building in where out on the you know West coast where you guys are, there's um, giant, um, oh, you're East coast. Yeah. Sorry. I'm thinking Wash. I'm thinking the other um, Washington West coast, but on the West coast um, they're building in those big like, giant trees, right? Yeah. So six spruce and big pines, dug firs, and they're all softwood. So with the hardwood trees we're building in, they have a, a, a really cool ability to compartmentalize uh, wounds. And we're actually putting hardware into the tree. So we're drilling into the tree, we're putting bolts into the tree, wow. and then those bolts are supporting the structure. So people often ask, well, doesn't that kill the tree? And, and, and again, I'll try to keep this brief, but, um, you know, on the, in the outside two inches of a tree is the xylem and phloem or the, the pathways that are carrying, uh, nutrients up to the branches and, and storing sugars in the roots. And if you drill into those, you're cutting off that pathway, certainly. So you don't want to do that all the way around the tree. And that's one reason why, you know, people think, well, couldn't you just put something around the tree? Hmm. And certainly you can, but as the tree grows, it's going to grow into whatever is going around the tree and that's going to cut off cuts all off. the pathways yeah. and grow the tree, unless you're constantly moving it out, which some people do. That okay. is one, one way to build in a tree. But instead what we've done is just, just drilled a, a hole. In this case, it was a three inch hole and we've put hardware directly through both sides of the tree. So it goes all the way through the tree. And that supports uh, some other hardware that sits on top of that. And the important piece there is drilling the hole with clean tools, um, getting the hardware in right away. So the wound's sealed up right away. So no fungus or disease or anything get in there. And then the next important piece is we're building in two trees in this case. But if you're building more than one tree, you have to remember that trees move independently of one another. Hmm. And so you can't attach them together. Um, if you attach them together in a static fashion, they're going to, you know, those trunks are going to split when they try to move and the energy has nowhere to go. Huh. So 
what you need is that one static point. The bigger tree usually is that static point. And then the other tree or trees are dynamic. So they can move under the structure. So in our case, we've got this big set of yokes that holds um, the structure in, a, in it and keeps it kind of in place on this big red maple. And uh, underneath the joists of the, um, uh, but at the sugar maple end, they're just on some high density plastic sitting on those bolts. And so the joists uh, stay put, but the tree can move underneath the joists in heavy winds and things like that. Huh. So they're still able to move. And that's a key component to, to having a, a tree house or a structure in trees that will live, you know, hopefully be there for as long as the tree lives, um, is that they have to continue to move naturally. So in our case, we have three posts supporting the other side of the structure as well. So those can be static, but the whole build, you have to take into consideration. And this was a neat part of the engineering that a treehouse is always going to move to an extent, even if you don't notice it moving. So using screws and hardware that they use in seismic zones for building um, so that there are tie downs and things holding everything together over time. Um, what was really important and, and an interesting aspect in designing it. And, and beyond all of that, the thing we learned that is most important, and this is something that our consulting arborist and our engineer uh, couldn't stress enough, is protecting the roots of the trees. Uh -huh. So we put down four inches of wood chips. We put down plywood during construction. Uh, we didn't use any big machines, so everything's using rigging to get everything up in the trees. And if you, even with a lot of heavy foot traffic, compact the soil, then the roots don't get the water and air that they need to feed the tree. And that's huh. actually more of a danger to the health of the tree than actually putting this, this hardware into it. So, and how, um, how, talk us, talk to us about like how, like how big is this platform? Like talk between these, these trees, is it like, I guess what's the, what's the square footage? Yeah. So the whole structure is 585 square feet. Oh, wow. um, okay. 370 is the, is the tree house itself. So okay. the main floor and the loft, and then there's a covered and uncovered deck area. So roughly 20 by 25, okay. um, you know, with some offshoots and, uh, uh, from there, but that gives you a, a rough idea of the, the size of the, the actual structure itself. And I would imagine you, you're constrained based on like the support trees that you have access to that like you you're building for the wh where the trees are as opposed to saying hey right. i want to build this structure um let's bring in some trees because i guess in that case it went, <laughs> yes. went over work out so well which is also kind of like a cool like a complexity to this entire project right is like you're you're building like with nature so to speak yes yeah well that's a lot of people ask us why <laughs> you know why, you know why not just use like piers and put them up in trees but i think that we both love a good challenge yeah. and you know there's something that's just it we can't even really explain why it's more special being actually suspended by trees than yeah. just being on stilts i mean in a way you know outside of being actually supported by trees and i think this plays into it the fact that we always thought when we were designing this, we wanted to be kind of a, a very modern structure, this one. And I think that's kind of the aesthetic we're going for and almost a juxtaposition in that in nature, mm. uh, but also that it really fits the landscape. So, so th the thing that you can't do with regular construction is, you know, you're, you're clearing a whole lot of land. You might have to put in a foundation, you're digging trenches, you're using heavy machines and inevitably the trees that are closest to the structure are going to get damaged to the point that if they don't die right away, they likely will in a matter of time. So something that I, I think is so cool about this is we were able to build, we, we did have to cut down the trees that were directly 
you know, what's now underneath the structure because sure. uh, where we live uh, and where you live with our climate, you know, you can't have a tree going through the inside of a heated tree house because it's frozen down below. And then all of a sudden it's warm inside. That's very confusing for a tree. Um, so we, but we, we, you know, when you're up in the deck, you're in the canopy of the trees. There's, hmm. you know, little fir trees and spruce and, and, and birch and everything that the branches are, are coming right into the deck and you actually feel as though you're up in the canopy. And, and you can't really achieve that with regular construction or without, you know, significant effort. So that's something else that I think is really cool about the style of construction is that you're placing something into a forest, but really we're doing our best to not change the landscape and the surroundings at all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What, I mean, what an incredible challenge, but also just like how rewarding too, right at the end of it being like, wow, like we, we did this, like we, we, yeah. we did like a really hard thing and you know, it, it, I feel, I feel like it must just be quite validating that, um, you were able to design something beautiful that people love that, you know, people have, you know, loved not just in words, but also in like Instagram followers. Right. And, yeah. and, and you were able to do it all in a way that it was like, again, like harmonious with, with the environment and the surroundings. Um, that's just, that's a very hard thing to do. Um, You're a kick-ass Airbnb host. In fact, you've done such a great job at marketing your short-term rental on Instagram that you're pretty much entirely booked for the next six to 12 months. And while it doesn't happen regularly, every so often there's a cancellation or just one random three-night window of availability in the middle of the week. Now, posting about the fact that you've had a cancellation or that you've got just three nights left in February on your Instagram story is a great start, but what if you could automatically notify interested guests the second a cancellation comes through? And that's where Ping comes in. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and integrates with your Airbnb listing and allows your fans and followers to sign up to be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked for the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out this simple form and will be pinged if their requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which allows you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping, it's what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. Sign up for free at www.bnbping.com. Ping. Brought to you by Spontaneous. The Baltic, so this is kind of the first concept, right? Is the plan to like, I mean, have you like sold these plans to anyone else? Like what what's sort of the vision for Fort Treehouse company over, over the next couple of years here? Do you want to just build several different concepts? Like what's, what's running through y'all's heads right now? So uh, we have a million requests for the plans, but we have not... <laughs> We've decided not to sell them yet because okay. we're just still pretty new and being like somewhat um, a leader in treehouse building in at least Ontario right now. We weren't ready to kind of sell off our the secret first sauce. Design. It just yeah. felt like we were handing <laughs> off like the keys to our business too early. Yeah. Um, but we actually have a really exciting new project underway right now. So we're um, we bought a new property in the winter. 
and we are building uh, like a ground level lobby kind of welcome center and three new tree houses all at the same time. Wow. Um, sort of through the next year. Yeah. We're, like we've already started construction has started for the main level structure. Um, which speaking of like disastrous construction in a forest, like it, it is so proof, like yeah. just putting, we put a foundation in and like just the like disaster that comes along with that style of building you know, like it's going to be so nice when we get back into the treehouse building, because it's really, we're going to be hoofing things in by foot and by like lumber cart and, you know, using ropes and pulleys to get everything up in the trees. And yeah. So three new designs. Oh, so, so these are three totally new designs. So you'll have, yeah, these three will all be almost the same. So a little bit, a little bit of different sizes, but, um, totally different from the one we've done here, which is really exciting. So then, so then at the end, once these, these are up and running, there'll, there'll be like four different concepts, um, that folks that, you know, that like, will will there be like the Baltic and then I don't know, like the Meridian or like, you know, or like, yeah. So the Baltic will be sort of, it's our, our standalone first treehouse experience and then um these three new ones are all on the same property but a okay. different it's not on our property now we've owned we got another property yep. that's like about half an hour from here so it'll be different because you can go with friends you know you yeah. can get like three couples and then they can all go together you can host like different little retreat retreats and yeah so that's kind of phase one of that development and then we'll add another three um probably the year after wow if they if things go well. Well, this is kind of our, our initial vision that we couldn't do on our personal property. Um, one thing we're doing is one of the, one of them at least, but all are going to be larger than the Baltic, but, but one is, you know, roughly 700 square feet so that small families can rent it. And we get a lot of families interested, but um, the, the Baltic's really set up for couples. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's something that we're, we're really keen on, but also that we have this property that we can have trails throughout. So now all of a sudden you can step out of your, treehouse and, you know, go for a hike, a ski, we're fortunate that this property abuts uh, a 500 acre nature reserve on two sides with wow. trail throughout for skiing, biking, hiking. So it's what we wanted initially. Uh, we wanted th- this idea of, you know, you, you stay in this treehouse and you can just step outside, strap on your skis and, and head out. Um, so w- this is really the experience that we we're hoping to, to bring to people was, um, you know, uh, uh, in a way, an all-inclusive um, outdoor experience at this uh, new property. Yeah, that's, that is, uh, that's incredibly wise. Like, I feel like this is like the next the, the next phase, so to speak, of like short-term rentals and, and the, the Airbnb like ecosystem is like, all right, how do you design almost like a super, super mini like retreat center uh, or like yeah. a camp, like, right, where folks can get away, but it's it's not massive. You know, you're, you're, you're only going with people like you know, and or even if you don't know people, there's only like one or two other, you know, couples or families staying nearby. Yeah. I feel like this is like the the next the next step in um in hospitality. And it's really cool to see you guys like, leading leading the charge with super cool different innovative uh home designs um this is this is wonderful i my, my last question for for each of you um and I, I would like you both to answer this is what what have you learned about yourself uh, and and the other right um your, your partner kind of through through the process of building this brand and and this business um going to start yeah, yeah, you kick it off. 
Well, what have I learned about myself uh, is that construct construction timelines don't work really well for me. <laughs> it's uh, incredibly frustrating. And so it's been because I am very much like, let's do this. Let's do this. We got to get this done. We got to, so we got to get on to the next thing, which isn't great. You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't work well for us. Speaking of like working with your, your partner, it's yeah. like, that stuff can really like cam being the lead on the build. It gets very frustrating for him. And it's not really fair of me because he's out there just working really hard all day long. And I'm kind of like, why isn't this done? Yeah. You know? And then it's, I forget to take a minute to really like say, wow, that's so much work. Or what did you do today? How, how did, how did you do that? I swear like, I was how, working. You know, and it's not, I don't feel like I've never felt like you don't work uh, or you're not working fast enough. It's just, uh, it's taken, taken me a lot to understand how construction actually happens mm. and it's not uh, predictable. Well, even less so now, I mean, with everything yeah. we've yeah. gone through the pandemic, you know, from materials timelines, it's, it's a, it's a whole different ball game now or, and it like it can't be controlled, and I think that's where my personality struggles a little bit when things feel out of my control. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think we've also learned a lot of really good things too about working together, about how to kind of talk through things and understand each other's different styles of work. We we do have very different roles in the company, which I think has been super helpful for us. You know, like. We're not really stepping on each other's toes. Yeah. I can kind of stay in the like experiential and the design space and interiors and kind of materials. And Cam is really managing like contractors and that type of material and like actual logistics, building logistics and, you know, all of the money stuff, you know, like there's things that we just Cam and then Cam doesn't really step into the like social media space at all. <laughs> he does not want to. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, good, good reflections. Those, those were great, Lauren. What about uh, what about you, Cam? I think, I mean, you, you kind of touched on it earlier. Something that it just dawned on me, and I'm sure I've thought about this before, is the fact that we, I think Lauren and I would both say we surprised ourselves with the final product of, of the Baltic. It's mm. what you know, we wanted to achieve, but we hadn't done anything this before. I, I started kind of my career in, in carpentry and fine furniture and cabinetry. I was actually out on Vancouver Island. And so doing oh, detailed wow. finished carpentry. And so this, and I got into renovations after that and home renovations. And so I have some experience, but it's certainly never done anything like a, you know, ground up or tree up home build. So this was brand new and, and entirely overwhelming. Um, we're fortunate for the support that we had and, and help we had and everyone around us who helped to make it happen. But it really, I think, made me realize that, you know, we, we can do anything we put our, our minds to because mm. this almost at the beginning seemed impossible. And, uh, and we've done this, so why couldn't we do whatever else we can dream up? And that's a big realization, Aaron, because like, like I said, I, I like things to be laid out very clearly. I like to plan. <laughs> I like to have the money first. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, I, I've really had to, and this is something I've learned from Lauren is I, w- we have a vision, we have a dream. We think it's a good idea and we need to believe in ourselves. And I think that's a big uh, thing that I've learned through this is that, you know, if I waited to have everything we needed to make this happen, we 
probably never get there because we'd still be trying to get everything we need to make it happen. So we've just got to believe in ourselves and, and do it. And that's, uh, that's, I've, I've gone into this next project with that mindset. And I'll, I'll tell you the, the stress is not nearly as great mm. as the first one where, you know, I, I couldn't stop thinking about how the next thing was going to be possible or how it was going to happen. Now I kind of have a, a little bit of a, a better outlook on, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. I'd say you're even more relaxed than I am about that. I do feel a lot more relaxed this time around. That's true. Yeah. And I'm like, how is that going to work? No, I remember in the, in the, in through building the, the Baltic. And I mean, we were, we weren't just building that. I was working full time building the Baltic on Jeez. evenings and weekends. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, lots of support, lots of help, but many aspects of it by myself, um, which is not terribly wise. I mean, a lot of that you could do 10 times faster with two people than, than with one, but also with, you know, Lauren being nine We were both pregnant, working full time and then COVID hit. And then we wow. had a toddler at home Jeez. and then I was home and trying to work. Cam was then working from home and also trying to build the treehouse, which kind of was an awesome opportunity for us to do a little bit more work there because he could kind of shift his work with his company. Yeah. yeah. You know, he had meetings and then he could just step outside to actually work on that. So there were a few things that did work out well for us. And then, yeah, like we basically were racing against the clock because we were like almost about to have our second child. And it was like, who's going to come first, the baby or the treehouse? Like, and it was really like right at the 11th hour, we like just two or three days before our second son was born, we were doing our photos, like our Airbnb photos for the Baltic. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. But all that to say, it was a level of stress that I hope to never experience again. So <laughs> I'm glad I've, I've got a clear headspace around some of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been um, a, a huge privilege. I, You guys are doing really cool things. Um, I have really enjoyed following a little bit of your journey thus far. I'm looking forward to staying connected and continuing to hear how this continued evolution and, and next uh, next iteration, next chapter of uh, Fort Treehouse's uh, life looks like. Um, just thank you guys for being innovative. Thank you for leading uh, in cool and bold and uh, and sustainable ways. I think you guys are a really good example for folks who are listening to this conversation for the greater community of like how to do things a little bit differently uh, and, and do them well. So appreciate you both. Um, we'll have links yeah. to your Instagram, your website, all that fun stuff in the show notes below awesome. where folks can reach out and connect and follow and um, you know, stay at the treehouse. So, uh, thank you both so much for your time. It's, it's been great. Thank well, thanks. you. I really yeah, appreciate it. It's great. Thanks for having us on. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach. Z-A-C-H at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. 
Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're gonna roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time. <laughs>